This is the Risky Mix podcast, where we speak with those people changing the mix in the insurance industry. Sharing their personal journeys, their inspirational stories, and answering the questions we all want answered. You're listening to Raj and Katie. We really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Today we're lucky to be joined by Ranilla Ravi Burslam, Director of SME Solutions at Aviva. Ranilla has had rather a philanthropic start to her career, holding senior and board level positions across a number of not-for-profit organisations and charities, including Action of Hearing Loss, One World Action and the Charities Aid Foundation. She's gone on since then to a varied career spanning health and financial services. She's currently a member of the board at not-for-profit organisation World Reader, which champions digital reading in underserved communities. Thanks for joining us today on the Risky Mix podcast. Thank you Renella. for having me. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, we'd like to start, kick off the podcast with um, a bit of a personal question. And um, today we just wanted to know what your morning routine is typically. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I have two children, yep. um, a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old. So the morning routine involves actually getting them out the door um, for school. <laughs> Which is quite frantic. Yes. Which is quite frantic and getting dressed and getting out of the house. Um, yeah. So not particularly exciting, I have to say. <laughs> and what time are you having to get up in the morning to do that? Uh, so about quarter past um, six. Okay. okay. So it's not too bad. Yeah. But no lions. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, thank you for that. Um, so tell us a bit more about your story then, why, why you entered the world of finance and really what your career journey has looked like to date. Um, I, I would say it was an accidental um, landing into, into finance. Um, growing up, I actually wanted to be a neurosurgeon. Um, oh, wow. And so I've got this kind of save the world gene as I call it um, and Mm. I want to help people Um, so purpose is really really important to me Um, which is why my career uh, started off in the not-for-profit sector yeah um, because I was a lot more idealistic and romantic um, and made career choices which were about what I believed in Mm. and I I think that is still very important to me but Mm. you know that's not the only thing driving my career choices now so at the start didn't have children didn't have responsibilities I could choose to do what I wanted to do where I felt I could make the biggest difference Um, and through my journey um, ended up at um, Charities Aid Foundation which is quite an unusual charity it isn't really a frontline organization what it does is manages charitable assets really effectively and i had a global role there um uh, doing all sorts of things very customer related and that was my foray into finance as i would um see it Uh, and from there i then um, went to Nest, um, and Nest was set up as a not-for-profit and was set up with a social purpose to provide good quality savings vehicles for um, low-income um, people in okay. the UK um, through workplace pensions. Yeah. Um, and so that really appealed to me, and I actually 
the, the taste of finance in some ways that I got in CAF led me to Nest and I was really passionate about what Nest was trying to do because mm-hmm. as an organisation it really developed products that worked for the target market okay. yeah. um, and so uh, went against the norm uh, of the industry in developing things that were quite groundbreaking right. and the entire industry said you know the way Nest is doing it is wrong yeah. the way we've done it is right and actually they've led the way they led the way with things like ESG um, uh, environmental social and governance uh, actually embedding ethical investments into yeah. how things are done mm. um, not it, it not being this thing that is on the side um, mm. um, so spent an amazing five years there um, and then uh, Aviva came calling um, and said you know we want to change how insurance is consumed by small businesses come help us create yeah. something different um, yeah. and solve um, problems for small businesses so here I am yeah fantastic so, and, you, and you hold so you hold a, a senior position at Aviva mm-hmm. and you've held senior positions throughout your career as a, as a female in, in the finance space I mean how have you found that career progression have you faced any challenges along the way Having worked in not-for-profits early on in my career, gender Mm. was not really a thing that you actually noticed because there were lots of women. So there was a stark difference when you were Absolutely. Financial services is a whole different uh, world. Um, I've worked in professional services. Again, you know, that gender imbalance isn't very visible at all because I don't think it is an issue. Uh, but financial services, you walk into meetings and, you know, m- most often I'm the only female in the meeting. Mm. Um, and more often than not, um, I'm the only brown person mm. in the meeting. Um, so it, has that been challenging? Um Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm also an immigrant. I didn't grow up in this country. Okay. So, um, you know, my cultural references are very different. Yeah. Obviously, I've lived here for nearly 20 years um, now. So understand and have assimilated. Um, yeah. And in, in terms of sort of moving into financial services, um, what, what, what are your teams like, the people that you work with directly? Are they... Um, do, do you have a lot of junior women in, in the organisation? <clears throat> do you see challenges that they face? Um, are there structures currently being put into place to support women in the organisation? Uh, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Aviva does a lot to push gender diversity, but also diversity in all sorts of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, communities uh, that specifically look at issues um, from you know, LGBT community mm. through to carers and um, yeah. older people. You take InsureTech or yeah. Um, yeah. any yeah. kind of tech business, if you're surrounded by 20-somethings and 30-somethings and you're in your 50s, the challenges you would have 
come from the fact that you're different <laughs> to sure. the norm. Sure. <laughs> and the yeah. norm could be anything, right? Um, so yes, Aviva does a lot um, to push diversity more broadly. Um, we're, you know, part of Women in Finance and the 30% Club and all of that kind of good stuff. Um, in terms of the wider organisation, uh, there are lots of women and the gender balance is fine until you get to kind of middle management and then it tapers off. Um, in terms of my peers, um, uh, uh, actually, it, it, not many women at all who are running businesses um, right. and Aviva recognises that. Having said that, the uh, group exec uh, or uh, leadership team uh, at a group level, uh, you know, there's much more gender balance uh, now um, than there used to be. Um, I think the issue for women tends to be about um, role models. So I, when I started at Aviva, I was contacted by um, four or five different women who mm. I'd never met mm, just yeah. saying, oh, it's fantastic to see an Indian woman as a director come into the business. Because, um, really? wow, wow. uh, you know, I've, I've never seen one, so I don't know if I can aspire to be one oh in gosh. this business. How, how, did that make, how did that make you feel? Did you feel a sense of responsibility to, mm. to model certain values or behaviours, or was it more just um, a, a feeling of satisfaction of sort of being there and being someone that they could aspire to be one day? Yeah, it's more the latter, to be Great. honest, uh, than the former. I am who I am. Um, just because I'm Indian and female doesn't mean that um, I need to be a certain way. Yeah. Um, uh, I have to be authentic to my leadership style and my values and my principles. And actually, another Indian female might not mm. uh, find what I have to bring and give. Um, resonates with them that's okay because sure. they might want a different kind of a leader um yeah sure um so you know it's horses yeah. for courses yeah. <laughs> so, so we've touched on kind of the, the role model um piece i would really like to come on to networking i know we mm -hmm. had a conversation before yeah. didn't we um about career progression and i suppose this kind of um the importance of networking and building these relationships and often that's where career progression comes from and and kind of the challenges around that. Um, I wonder if you could tell us how exactly you moved up the kind of career ladder and if networking played a part in that? Mm -hmm. um, definitely is the thing I'd say. Um, my first ever boss, he taught me, when you go somewhere, make sure that you know who's there, who, actually you don't know who you should be connecting with mm -hmm. and that connection might not be helpful today mm. but actually you never know where they will end up where you will end up and that connection brings value to your life I mean he didn't quite put it in that in those terms but that's what I took away yeah. from it um, and it took me a while if I'm being honest to actually learn the lesson because 
I was very naive and I used to think that if you did a great job, yeah. people will recognise you. I had that for... same belief for so many years. I guess you did as well. <laughs> if you do a great job, people will recognise you. They'll know. They yeah. will know. Hey, you know, you don't have to do anything more than actually deliver. Mm, no, it doesn't work like that. Nobody cares. <laughs> Absolutely nobody cares. It's what a it? sad realisation. <laughs> it is a really sad realisation, but it took me a while. You know, it's like you kiss a few frogs before you find a prince. But yeah. Yeah. You have I had to go through a few jobs and experiences where I would just smash it out of the park. And yeah. I'd be thinking, I went for that job with him. He's done nothing. Mm. <laughs> Why has he got the job yeah. and not me? Yeah. Uh, hello? <laughs> um, so after a few of these, uh, I realised that actually it wasn't enough to do well. Mm. It's important for to know the right people internally if uh, as well as externally and to talk about the fact that you're doing well. Mm. Not in a let me beat my drum kind of way, sure, but yeah. more in a relevant way. Here's what I can bring Absolutely. to this conversation. Here's what I can bring to this organisation, partnership, whatever it might be. Um, if you don't sell yourself, who is going to? Um, yeah. And I think that that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because we've had so many guests on who speak about... Uh, kind of women having a little bit less confidence to do that type of thing and so that's it's quite scary isn't it to yes you know you've done a good job and you hope people notice but like you say they, they possibly don't and that thing of oh, I'm gonna have to put myself out there and kind of tell people what I've done is yeah. quite scary actually and and I mean I don't think it's just women either I mean I it, it, it's I think a lot of younger people or people yeah. are progressing through yeah. um various careers particularly in industries where authenticity is considered a like a core value sometimes I think it's they, they feel like if they're doing that then they're maybe being a little bit inauthentic to themselves by yeah. having to to self-promote um so yeah I, I think it's an interesting challenge and how how do you how do you become comfortable with with that talking about what you're doing and and representing that aspect of yourself externally um <clears throat> It takes time. Hmm. I mean, there's no magic bullet. There's yeah. no kind of, oh, wow, um, today I wasn't doing it. If I just think about it or practice in front of the mirror or whatever it <laughs> yeah. might be, tomorrow yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Um, start small, you yeah. know, and start with the people you know. Yeah. Um, start with your own organisation and think about your networks in your organisation and do, are you just interacting with the people that you need to? Do you know people that you don't need to, actually, who are influential or have done really well in mm. their career? Look outside of your safe box right. and start there. Reach out to them and say, can I come talk to you about your career, mm. what you, how you've got here, I want some advice about mine and I can tell you a bit about me. And that's a safe way of just practicing your pitch about yeah. Yeah. 
who am I? What am I good at? Actually, what do I want to do? Yeah. Um, and once you've done that, then try it when you go to a conference or an event, um, you know, set a goal, say I'll, you know, have to reach out and find three people yeah. um, to mm -hmm. talk to and network with. Um, and then it becomes a habit, right? Yeah. It's like learning to swim or sure. cycle or whatever it might be. Um, it becomes ingrained in who you are and how you operate. I also think once you get to a certain level, um, you have to take control mm. of your career yeah. and your journey um, rather than only following the paths that are opened up for you. Right. You have to forge your own path um, and you can't do that if you don't know enough people, have enough networks and connections to be able to create that um, opportunity for yourself. And Renilla, do you have any specific stories of where you've been to a networking event or you've been to a conference and you've put yourself out there and you've made that connection and then something good has come from that? Do you? Because we're all told to network and to get to know people and we all put it off a little bit sometimes, or yeah. I certainly do. Do you have any, any stories of where it's really worked for you? As the one I'd pick, interestingly, is the reason I'm at Aviva is because I went to a networking drinks with a colleague of mine who knew somebody at Aviva mm. and we got chatting um, and then he reached out to me and we were just chatting about all sorts of things, the market and this, that and the other and mm. he reached out to me and said I'd like to have a follow-up conversation and I want to introduce you to my boss and I was ah. like okay happy to meet up with him okay. um, yeah yeah know, what's to lose yeah and here I am Right. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't a headhunter, it wasn't, um, you know, anything uh, structured in that way. Yeah. It came from a conversation in a pub, um, yeah. literally. Yeah. And, and although you said, you know, sometimes you build these connections and, and nothing will happen or nothing will come of that for a very long time, that yeah. sounds like an example where actually you made the connection, something came of it very quickly. Yeah. My career actually pretty much all of it apart from nest interestingly has all been through networks right. um, and connections um, rather than going through the kind mm. of rigmarole of let me fill out my cv and apply for a job and yeah yeah blah 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 that's so interesting yeah, it's really interesting it's definitely a good pitch for networking i think <laughs> <laughs> And I guess in having those conversations, did you get a better sense of sort of what you wanted to do in terms of next steps with your career and where you were heading as oh. well? Oh, absolutely. Because what it gives me is a perspective of the market and yeah. Yeah. where different organisations are at, what's their culture like. Yeah. And most importantly, it helps you kind of strike off where you don't want to go. Yeah. Right? right, and then you can focus your efforts and resources on making connections where you do want to go. Um, so, you know, uh, I'd 
made a list of all the organisations that I want to work for. Um, mm. And Aviva was one of them, interestingly. So um, I, you know, I feel it helped me when the opportunity came along to make the most of it. Sure. Whereas if I hadn't been open, talked to people, networked, had connections, you're you're just reacting to what's in front of you without actually yeah. knowing whether that is something that you want of course. or not. Of course. Mm. Okay. And then on top of that, you're um, the member. You're, you're a board member of a mm-hmm. not-profit. Um, so first of all, how did you how did you get that board position? Um, and what what does that bring to your to your career and your experience and that sort of thing? And secondly, how do you do it all? <laughs> Yes, great question. With two kids. With two kids. <laughs> uh, um, okay, uh, the first one, I got it. Uh, how did I get it? Well, I got it because I bring um, expertise and skills to the board that they don't have. Yeah. Um, the reason I found out about the opportunity or they approached me is because um, the COO and founder... Um, who's actually based in Barcelona, went um, to university with my husband. Uh, So has known him for years and years and years. And, you know, I've known him and the work that he was doing. Mm. So the charity is 10 years old. Um, So network. Uh, There you go. It's another example. It's another example of networks. Um, How do I do it all? Um, I just do. I mean, you know, my life is... Uh, crazy busy Mm, Um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but you know I I feel that if you put your mind to it and you have to be organized um, so I have a wonderful husband who's incredibly supportive Um, uh, he runs his own business so has had actually to do the bulk of the uh, drop off and be home for the nanny um, because he can. Yeah, he's got that flexibility. He's got the flexibility. Yeah. It's not easy, um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Doesn't mean it works for everybody. Mm. Um, and you know, my and I was very, um, very keen with two boys that their view of a woman isn't just somebody who cooks and cleans and is around for them um that they see somebody who is financially independent yeah and is an equal um at home um in all sorts of ways with their dad um so I can I would want them to be feminists um, I'm not yeah. sure that would actually work out but okay. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic you must have a to-do list that's out the door <laughs> I yeah uh, I do have a long to-do list um, and I try and um, manage it very carefully um, and to be honest I also it's taken time but I've also recognized that I can't do everything and I can't be everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, I can't be the 
mum who turns up at school and volunteers her time and reads to the kids when my kids were in primary. And so my children used to say, well, why are you not volunteering to take us on a school trip? And yeah. why is mm. Tommy's mum there and you're not there? Mm. And why are their mums always there to pick up from school oh, gosh, and you're okay. not? So there is, you know, so I've had to make sacrifices and make compromises and make choices yeah. about um, my personal life um, um, as much as my work life, right? Yeah. Um, you, you have to be comfortable with making those choices and knowing that um, you can do so much yeah and you can't do everything both ways family and career of course thank you so much for coming on i think we've about reached the end of the the episode today but um, it's been lovely having you you here and uh yeah enjoyed hearing about your story oh thank you for having me thank you (laughs) thanks for listening today If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so via our Twitter account, at RiskyMix. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions, and if you know any inspirational women in the industry who you think would be great for the Risky Mix podcast, please get in touch. See you next week.